Toronto did just what I would have did. So I knew I had to play against Dale Curry, Steph Daddy. I would not let him put the ball up. Dog like I, he you, you, don't even put the ball go in his hand. He's getting fouled. Uh, uh, he gonna know. He gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him one good time to where he gonna be flinching when he shoot the ball. Absolutely. So people don't realize that's the wave you have to be on. You have to know what every player could do. So that takes doing research. But I I, I definitely uh, salute Toronto for really you know getting behind the team. And turn that into a fairy tale story. Hey man, on this episode of Points on the Board, I think we may have outdone ourselves. So for those who haven't been affiliated or have been living over the rock for the past 30 plus years within the hip hop space, you know, Master P represents a bunch of different things. He was a CEO with No Limit Records. He was a movie producer with um, I Got the Hookup, and he's also here to talk about the sequel, I Got the Hookup 2. We could talk about 20 years of hits, we could talk about 20 years of stories within hip hop, and we could also talk about his things in the NBA. But honestly, at POTB, we like talking about what does someone excel at? And I believe you can always say without a doubt that a man like Master P was also pragmatic and very selective in picking people to be a part of his entourage or his business endeavors. So we get a chance to talk about all that and where that aligns within the NBA, the NBA back in the day, uh, his times with No Limit. And more importantly, what's this new form of No Limit that's going to be coming out and some of the things and the products that he's here speaking on. So all that and more on this new episode of Points on the Board featuring the incomparable Master P. Uh, I mean, I had to do that, guys. If not, then I'll fight myself. There you go. I'll fight myself this time. We in here. And Jalen Rose and I had this conversation the other day because he's like a big brother to me. I'm not going to let people pit us against each other like there's only room for one black person to be on TV. A lot of girls, if they don't have a plan or they don't know better or they get sucked up in that life. And, you know, when I was in it, I was in it. I had a game plan. You know, we partnered up with the NBA and we launched a huge, huge, huge initiative in Africa to get kids more involved in, in, in basketball. First of all, especially when I grew up, D.C. was Chocolate City, so one black beauty was celebrated. The, the reason why it was set up that way because Dame was the, was the forefront and he knew more about the business than Jay and myself. I love being at the intersection of politics, hip hop, um, the culture, social issues. Um, I don't think that I would be happy if I couldn't talk about how all those things come together. You can put it on the board or what? Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kyle Harvey here, the managing editor of the Shadow League, and this is another episode of Points on the Board. Now, POTB is the Shadow League's weekly podcast where we talk about sports, culture, and people putting their mark both on and off the field and on and off the court. And on this episode of POTB, I mean, I mean, shit, there's only so many intros. I mean, we're here with the MC, business, business entrepreneur, owner, producer, actor, New Orleans own, Master P. Thank you for coming by Points on the Board today. Oh, man, thank you for having me. So, you know, uh, we talk about putting punts on the board, you know. Got to get that jumper ready. Hey, man, listen, listen. I mean, it's got to be cocked. Like, you know, yeah. I think that's the one thing that I – the whole premise of the show is always how does someone take whatever mentality they learn in competition yeah. and how does someone go ahead and apply it to whatever their endeavor is. So for you to come by, you know, and obviously what you represent to both on the hip side, hip-hop side and then, the, you know, just entrepreneur side, it's kind of a full circle thing for us, yeah. man. So I appreciate you sliding through. Oh, yeah, no. Nah, I, I tell people how I put parts on the board, I got to play good defense, too. Mm. So to, to play good offense, you got to play good defense. Exactly. And so, you know. Yeah, you really got to put that work in. People don't realize everybody 
they they want to be a scorer, they want to be a shooter, but are you willing to work and put the work in? Right. I think it's one of the tried true phrases, like when it's always comes to uh, what wins championships. Yeah. Defense to me always means grind. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the one thing that you can always go ahead and invest in yourself yeah. and it allows you to go ahead and see what the path is you're trying to go. Well, you think about it, you got to do that when nobody's looking. That's what success is. If you look at like a Kawhi Leonard, this guy went and changed the whole history of basketball. Went to a franchise, won it one year, then now he's doing what's best for him in his business. Right. And you know what, he paid his, not, it's not even the word of paying your dues, but I think it's wild considering the, the level of he performed and to go ahead and literally not destroy franchises, but go ahead and literally shift the way we've done, especially, and the way he even announced where he's going, you know, it's just yeah. a, it's a, it's like you have to respect him being, an, not an assassin, but listen, I know my skill set and my value. Well, I mean, think about it. Why go somewhere where you're going to be the third, fourth player on the team? Right. When you should be the man, you know, you done took a franchise and won the championship, you know, why go backwards right? and do what's best for you instead right. of what other people want you to do. I tell people all the time, that's what business is about. That's what owning your business is about, doing what you want to do. You know, you're the boss. You control your destination. And that for me, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Same thing with the movie we just did. I got the hookup, too. I was able to hire people, give people opportunity because I own the project. And so... If you own something, you can control what are you going to do. Let's talk about that because, I mean, especially with I Got the Hookup Part 2, which is why we're here, you know, and more importantly, you know, making sure that you get that. comes out July 12th. Yes. You know, um, shout out to Danny Astoria. Make sure he knows that plug. But um, I really appreciated just the fact that we're coming on 20-plus years of the movie. Yes. The fact that not only is your son, but you have, like, DC Young Fly. Yeah. You know, AJ Johnson. Obviously, yeah. God can't do the movie without him. Yeah. But more importantly... You know, the touch points in people, Jeezy's in the movie, yep. and, you know, people that represent, you know, and they're also business entrepreneurs in their own right. Now, when this movie was happening and um, when, it, when it came down the pipeline to go ahead and revisit it, you know, mm -hmm. we're a society right now that loves having reboots, yeah. you know, and uh, sequels because now nostalgia can be living on, you know, whatever streaming platform it is, and there's an audience for that, right? So when it came to going ahead and working with the cast and finding the people to represent 20 years of his, of his classic, you yeah. know, because we wouldn't be doing it for 20 years if it yeah. wouldn't be here popping, right? What, can you describe that process and bringing all those elements together for this project? Well, for me, I know 20 years from now, times have changed. You have a social media era now, you know, people on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's not just about the cell phones, even though the cell phones play a big, important role in it. Mm -hmm. But uh, the stakes are higher now. You know, you have 300 phones at $1,000 a phone. That's $300,000. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that I needed, I needed the best of both worlds. So take a John Weatherspoon Put them with a Michael Blackston, put them with a DC Young Fly, Fat Boy SSE, or a Young P.O. and Romeo, and myself, and A.J. Johnson, and Cheryl Underwood. Mix all those different generations of people together. I feel like we have uh, 2019 Harlem Nights now. Yes. And then we can market and promote that on social media, which we wasn't in that position before to do. Uh, it's an incredible project. Me and Romeo financed the film as a father and son and started in the film as a father and son, which is incredible. Uh, we're talking about gentrification in the movie. Absolutely. It's not just funny because we don't own anything. We're losing our communities. And uh, 
to be able to have a project of this magnitude that has a message in it. This was important for me to because I'm gonna make people laugh, but you're gonna walk out there saying, I gotta own my house, I gotta own my building, you know, I gotta own my business. I ain't gonna let these people take my stuff away from me. And uh, that's the message I want people to leave out the theaters with. I think there's um old image, there's always a there's a there's million dollar ideas, but at the end of the day it's about finishing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um as someone who's you know built teams in a variety of different capacities, obviously no limit because for me when I think about crews and I think about, you know, clicks or eras, mm-hmm. I think about the people that are the architects behind it. We've had um, Kareem Biggs-Burke. He came by here and, you know, he was known as a silent partner of The Rock. Yeah. But understanding what the, the value of hiring or bringing on people that represent where you're trying to go, mm-hmm. but also that go ahead and um, uh, minimize your weaknesses and enhance. Them. Oh, yeah. You know, when you were, when um, when No Limit was um, at its apex or at its peak, mm-hmm. when it came to, um, when it came to your selection process of curating, you know, these, these, um, the Mia X's to Mystical to Fiend and, you mm-hmm. know, seeing what they were able to do when you gave them the rock, what joy did you get from um, letting people, you know, see them come into their own as a coach? Well, my thing is you find people that had that same passion and love for the dreams and goals that they're chasing. And when I found a Mia X, a Mystical, a Silk, a Fiend, you know, everybody was passionate about, we knew that we had to compete against the East Coast artists and the West Coast artists, but we felt like whatever you said, it was nobody bigger than us. Right. So you have that type of mentality to where not only thinking it, but they're in the studio working. So that motivated me when I come and say, you know, if I'm going to invest my money into them. I know they're not just partying and playing. When I go by the studio, they're in there working it's and modern. writing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a basketball player. Like I tell my son, I got two sons that play basketball. I say, Stephen Curry might not be the biggest guy on the court, but he figured out what it takes to make him the best. He has to shoot the ball better than everybody on the court. So he got to be putting up at least 1,000 shots a day. I played with Dale Curry with his dad. Absolutely. So I know he got to be putting up a 1,000. He was taught, trained to put up a 1,000 shots a day. That's what makes him a, a sharpshooter. Same thing with my kids. I Look, if you're really committed to this, you have to be committed to what you believe in. Go in that gym and put up a thousand shots. And they don't do it when I'm looking, do it when Exactly. When nobody's looking. Right, right. Shout out to the Alchemist and every book that teaches about the, you know, the promises and the ten thousand hours that really invest with the yeah. investor, right? But everybody got twenty four hours. Think about it. Absolutely. What do you do with your twenty four? Are you committed to chasing your dreams and your goals and making those sacrifices for what you believe in and your vision? Or are you just parting those 24 hours. Let me ask you this, because you, you brought up um, uh, another aspect. It had to be kind of weird or surreal for you, right, to be watching the uh, Toronto Raptors yes. play against Golden State. Yeah. All these last names that you've been affiliated with in some capacity with yeah. the Currys, Charlotte, Hornet. You know, we're, it's it has to be had to be kind of crazy seeing all that happen. In, in I'm gonna tell eyes. you tell you what I seen. Toronto did just what I would have did. So I knew I had to play against Dale Curry, Steph, Daddy. Mm. I would not let him put the ball up. Got dog. Like I, he don't even put the ball going in his hand. He's getting fouled. Uh, uh, he gonna know. He gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit him one good time to where he gonna be flinching when he shoot the ball. Absolutely. So people don't realize that's the wave you have to be on. You have to know what every player could do. So that takes doing research. But I, I, I definitely uh, 
salute Toronto for really, you know, getting behind the team and turning that into a fairy tale story. Yeah. To where, you know, I mean, even all the distractions that Drake had or whatever, they still. Yo, know, how flagrant is that, though? Because, I mean, I love, I, I'm not me wrong, it's the, the Drake factor to anything, you know. Yeah, you know what, to me, <laughs> it, did, it didn't bother me because I right. know Drake, like anybody else in every, any city, like you're going to love your team. Exactly. And as you get bigger, you know, now you can get on the floor and be a part of that. And listen, yo, he's investing into it. We see that Al. You yeah. Know, you're not going to tell me that he doesn't, you know, didn't have some type of ownership in it. So, I mean, yeah. you know. Well, that, he might have. So, think about this. This is this is a lot of, you know, entertainers, you know, they offer you a minority ownership in all these teams. I know Jay Z had a minority ownership in the New Jersey when it was here. Right. But that's that's the one thing that we have to look at. I would rather all of us come together and go buy our own team than taking those minority shares of of a team. You know, they tried to do that with me. I was like, nah, I don't what I need, I don't need to be no minority on the team. I could sit on the flow anyway. Nah. I'm not going to spend three, four million dollars to come sit on the flow. Let me ask you this. Do you, now when Zion gets on that floor for uh, for New Orleans, will you be on the floor? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be on the floor, but yeah, it's going to yeah. be for free. Let that be known. You know yes, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I'm not about to get on, I'm not about to spend three, four, five million dollars to sit on the floor with exactly. everybody else spending 200 or 300, you know, and if I'm the biggest star in the community, like, why would I spend my money? You you probably have to pay me to come sit on the floor. Exactly. That's I got other like things to do. I got business to run. It ain't, it ain't like I don't have nothing to do. What would you um now considering the Zion effect is now about to hit New Orleans? You yeah. know, we've seen the fact that you know, you know growing pains that happened in the first week of NBA basketball. Uh, would there be anything to be able to compare? Because I remember when Drew Brees came to New Orleans and what energy that brought in there. And there was yeah. an air of a question because you mind you, his shoulder was his shoulder wasn't shit back then. Yeah. But. Do you anticipate anything of the caliber or thing that Zion would be able to bring to the area, I just especially think, that team? I think when you it. make an investment into a player, you have to stick by it. You got to give them at least a couple of years. Right. And uh, I think that the world's not going to know till Zion get in there and develop as an NBA player. He's just getting his feet wet right now. Absolutely. You know, even I was trying to get him in these Mayattis. To Man, walk listen. around in. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get them in these Mayattis. I'm talking about, I'm trying to get the first off-the-court basketball deal. So you have to you have to give me some context for this because, you know, again, like you, your history when it comes to hip-hop and sports yeah. is pretty well known. You, you're part of certain stories that people, unless you're in the know, it might, it might behoove yeah. you, right? So 20 years ago, we had a draft, an NFL draft. You know, as an Eagle, I'm telling you this right now, I'm an Eagles fan, so you already yeah. know where this is going. Yeah. Um, McNabb means everything. I remember when he got booed because we didn't take Ricky Williams. Yeah. So full circle 20 years later, and you are want to go ahead and invest in the next greatest or great player to come for New Orleans right yeah. here. I love the fact though of going to the creative or the leisure shoe though. Yeah. You know, please explain to me and more importantly, you know, give some background of why this you're confident and you should be in this pitch to to Zion or the where it's at. Well, my thing is what we wear off the court doesn't matter. So that's how I'm saying we could help each other build right. bigger brands and bigger business. With Jordan and own Nike. So back in the days when Jordan did that deal with Nike, he wore the shoe, but off the court he wore whatever he wanted to wear. Exactly. So imagine if you had a Munyadis company around at that time to say, look, I'll give you millions of dollars to wear this off the court. 
And, and it look good. It feel good. Right. It's high end because you could probably go to Gucci and Versace and purchase something. We're going to make all that that you need to wear off the court when you want to go hang out and, you know, be with your boys or your friends. Because to me, you're empowering the community because we are the community. This business, every shoe we sell, we have a percentage go back to help inner city kids for education. So why we're not helping each other? Why not? So if you look at it, Nike was built off of Jordan. That whole company was built off of Air Jordan. I wasn't wearing Nike back then. I was wearing Adidas and Converse. I started wearing that because of Jordan. Jordan only got a million dollars on that signing deal. Even if they gave Zion a hundred million dollars, if he blow that, if he the next person to take Nike to the next level, it's not worth it. That hundred million dollars is not worth it. Right. But coming helping us at the same time, and we in the community together, and we're able to give back and putting the money back into the community, we're empowering us. Absolutely. So those are the type of things that I look at, like. Jordan is a billionaire off of Nike, but look how long it took. Agreed. And I would have took 50%. You realize that's why I was able to not do the deal I did. They offered me a million-dollar record deal in the 90s, and I turned it down because of what Jordan did with Nike. And I realized that's all I was having on my mind. I can't do the Michael Jordan deal. <laughs> right. And, but he made a lot of money. But still, that after. shouldn't be the that shouldn't be the um – that's not the standard. That's an anomaly. That shouldn't be the the consistency, you yes. know. What I mean, especially when it comes into ownership. You know, as, as someone who's been, you know, seeing people put chessboard and making moves that cross industries and whatnot too. Has there been any moves in the past five years that even you, as someone who's an investor, you were like, damn, you know what? That person has. I see a little bit of what I did in my time investing in the new industries that I can salute. Yeah. No. If you look at it, even like what. Uh, Drake them was able to do with the headphones and the stuff that Jay-Z was able to do, you know, with Rock Nation. Uh, it's like these guys are starting to take control. Right. You know, and I think, you know, that's where we need to be at. If we're going to be a part of this trillion-dollar spending business that we are doing, so think about it, even as minorities, we still spending a trillion dollars, African Americans and Latinos. We spend a trillion dollars a year. Yeah. So if we're gonna be a part of that, we're gonna have to have some type of brands and products in place. In place. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's, you gotta you can start small. I tell everybody, if I could do it, you could do it. I mean, you don't have to start humongous. Now you know now people are getting stuff delivered to their door, and that's the that's the whole mindset I changed. I say I don't want to be like Gucci or Versace. I, my business is built on delivering this to your door. Literally, delivery service business. This is what we're giving. Exactly. We we in the future, modern technology. Uh, people don't want to go to the store anymore. I'm going to be the biggest business when you talk about high fashion shoes and clothes. Listen, if I can, if I can text someone to get for a delivery service here in New York, I feel like I should be able to go ahead and make sure that I got my shoes the way I need them to be. Exactly. <laughs> hey, so um, you know what's so funny, right? Because um, unfortunately um, – Damn, today's the um, it was today the passing of a uh, combat today. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. Recipes of combat. Um, but um, I was also thinking about um the late great Nipsey and you know yeah. his business mindset right here and it's crazy again you don't you never want to give people their flowers yeah. you know after they pass away but um, if any interactions because aside from Nipsey 
it's well documented what you did for Snoop when he was going through his thing with Death Row. Yeah. You know, I love the player analogy that you use about being able to identify what they did. So if we keep it in that realm, you, yeah. you going ahead and seeing the value of seeing a possible free agent. Can you give me back in, the, you know, some of those negotiations of getting Snoop out of the situation? Because back in the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s, you're, yeah. looking, you're looking at a whole different game. And more yeah. importantly, how things get done. Well, you know, <laughs> you have to sit down and beat men. And that's that was one thing that I appreciate growing up in private, growing up in a ghetto. So I never feared no other man. And so I feel like I could sit down and have a conversation with any man. Uh and that's what I that's what I was able to do for Shield Contract. Uh I mean for Snoop Contract when uh when Suge was trying to sell his contract, I'm like you know, I'm a country boy. Do my money spend? So how much they offer you? I just you got to know how to negotiate. He told me what what they was offering. I said, well, I'll give you three hundred thousand more than whatever they about to give you. So he was already about to make the deal with another company, but you could make an extra three. Wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So sometimes you got to know. And I I realized that I. I, I liked Snoop a lot back then, and I said that he has a lot of talent and a lot left in the tank. Like, his career is not over with. So I knew that. It's almost like buying a used car, but you know you're about to fix that car up. It's you're about like, to be a problem. Oh, yeah. I'm about to put these wheels on there. I'm about to paint it. And, and that's what Snoop was. And I just loved him as a person. Like, I, I was a fan of his. But also I knew me as a businessman by me being around Tupac and all those guys, you know, because I used to open up for Tupac. Right. So I knew. But I, I always was that guy in the background. So uh, they always looked at me as, you know, I opened up my record store at 19. So they looked at me as, oh, yes, that's the young dude with the business, with the money. Out here. Out here, 100%. <laughs> so, so uh, and I felt like my, how I got into the music business uh, I was actually living that life. So, you know, my story was real. And I'm like, you know, a lot of these guys I knew that really didn't live the life that I lived. And I'm like, okay, if they could make it, I know that I could make it because I'm actually living this. I'm in the community. I'm in the hood. So, yeah. Um, when it comes to what we've seen here in the NBA, but also um, when it comes to you know, the selection process when it comes to building up your rosters, right? Mm -hmm. It's taking it's taking the opportunity to go ahead and look at, you know, inventory, but also yeah. um, understanding that being an athlete or being an entrepreneur is not just related to, you know, just one field. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're, oh, no, you you got to be a 5 tool player when it comes to sports, your yeah. business, and everything like that right you, now, right? You have to diversify. You have to diversify. People don't realize that if you just one track or that's all you, that, that one mindset of, of being in the game, you're going to lose. Okay. Like I said, you have to be an offense and a de defensive player to be valuable. You have to be able to be an entertainer, not just a rapper, you know? Right. So you might have to go into TV, the movies. You want to get in the clothing business. I mean, you might need product. You can't just think one track no more. You have to be a full-out entertainer to be successful. Absolutely. And a lot of people try to hide behind, like, you know what, yeah, I'm just doing music. You know, sometimes that side might be down. I tell people all the time, if you want to have some money, you're going to have to diversify your portfolio. Seven streams. Yeah, because <laughs> think about it. 
because when one thing now I'm from New Orleans, so we we deal with hurricanes. So it's like when that hurricane hit, you got you might have to start all over again. Right. So that's why I tell people I'm like instant grits. I could make some money just add water. Say less. I don't mind starting over. Say less. You know what I'm saying? Most people are afraid. They think life is over with if something bad happened or a tragedy or they lose some money or something like that. I feel like it's about the knowledge. So like in the Bible, you know, the people that ask for money, they end up being broke. The people that ask for wisdom, they can always have money. Guys, we just we got really serious right here. I don't know if you guys are ready. I think that's the perfect segue to get into these kill questions. I'm sorry, man. That was right there. You, get, yeah. you, get, you throw some faith in there. I'm good every time because yeah. you can always take me back to the testaments. I'm here for it. So every time we um, every time we bring people in, we do like these spitfire questions that yeah. are akin to you know where you're from and whatnot too. So you know, for me, we've had Waka Flock in the building here. Mm -hmm. We talked to him about who are the best uh, rapper hoopers, and you gave it. We got his starting five. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you that, but the one thing I do want to ask is. You know, have, why haven't you given any real thought to performing in the big three, competing in the big three? Well, you know what? Because, you know, as someone who's a bucket getter, yeah. you know what I mean? I just feel like you are you should be like the secret character. Like yeah. in a fighting game, just yeah. a type of code, that should be you. So if you look at when I played in the NBA, every time I got in the game, I scored. Right. Let that down. They, they, the they know, like, that's what I do. I learned how to shoot with no lights in a project. <laughs> so I learned to listen to the, the nets. If I don't hear the nest, that know that I didn't. I ain't get my thousand shots. Exactly. I ain't get my shots. And so uh, I think the secret weapon for me is, you know, me and Ice Cube cool. So you know, maybe one day I might go out there. But I started this global mixed gender basketball league, Absolutely. putting the men and the women together, so like empowering the females. That's my thing that I really want to make sure these women get equal pay, just like the men. So that's what my lead is about. We we going international to. Cuba and Japan, uh, because the, all these teams are coming together now. Uh, and considering what we just saw with the Women's World Cup, oh and, yeah, you know the fact I they've mean, dogging out the men for about a generation now when it came to man, the women is really talented. Like That's I've I've have some of the most talented women in the world, WNBA and NBA, on the floor at one time. And Cappy Pernga, she won a three point contest. I I couldn't believe it. Why well, had some of the top NBA players, you know, shooting against us. So um, these women are really talented, but they, they just haven't been getting their just. So I think that's what my lead is going to change. The smoke is free, and it is uh, gender neutral. Yeah. We are good for that. Um, so here's the thing. Um, we ask um, people that are in the industry, you know, because we're hip-hop and R&B over here. We yeah. are HBCU grads and all this stuff. We um, we ask them um, usually what is the what's the album that you give your – when they ask you what is hip hop, what's the album you give your child? It's kind of pointless for you because, yeah. again, you know what I mean? Here we are talking to Master P. So <laughs> I guess I would ask, you know, maybe with your grandkid, yeah. when they're talking about, when they ask you what is the album for hip hop, what's the album that you give them? Sans, if it's in the catalog, I get. But then also, if they want to hoop, who is the player that they should be following to be an elite hooper? Um, to me, if I told my kids to follow somebody for as a hooper right now, it would have to be Kawhi Leonard just for his commitment for as getting better. I've never seen a guy that work hard, not only shoot the ball, he could shoot the ball, he going to get rebounds, doing stuff that other players don't do. He getting offense and defense and rebounds. And that's what I watch. A lot of people don't understand. I know the game. So I'm like, man, this man getting garbage buckets. 
this generation don't do that. They just wait to go down and dunk the ball. If he going to dunk the ball, he going to dunk the ball on you. He's not waiting for a wide-open dunk. So that that guy, to me, is the person that I would choose over all the basketball players right now in, in a heart that he has. Like, and he don't talk. None. So he don't say nothing, but he just punish you. So to me, that's what an assassin is, somebody that's really just not going to flinch. You can't chump him on the court. He's he not going to back down from you, but he's, he's going to do his job, and, and he's going to be a professional. So, I mean, if, if it was one guy that I would follow, be him, it would be Paul George. Those guys that are committed but not loud. They're not loud, but these guys are getting the job done. Sound speaks volumes. Yeah. Sound speaks volumes. So you mentioned in this, and I think this is the one thing I had to ask because, you know, again, I'm 32. I've been listening to music for a while. But the one thing I will say, and, you know, he's most proud of Snoop. Without Snoop, we don't have we'll see murder Yeah. and the late. Magic. Yeah. We don't have down for my niggas. Yeah. So I really have to ask you because in the t in the context of like what is needed for a classic track, especially at a mm -hmm. time when hip hop, especially from the South, you know, wasn't getting his just dues. Yeah. The insertion of, of of Snoop, if you could go through and tell me just even that basic process of that story of that song coming together because mm -hmm. depending on where you're from and where you hear it, it can mean a bunch of different things. And if there's some actions that go towards it, you know yeah. what I mean? There were some consequences. But that one mm. specifically, when I think of No Limit, I think of maybe about four or five songs that it's like, damn, there was no one yeah. rocking with this era. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, that record in particular, it was a lot going on at the time. You either with us or you against us. That's what that record was. And I'm down, I'm down with minds no matter what. Mm. So, in right or wrong, we're a family, and even though we're going to deal with you if you go out there and do something crazy, we're going to deal with you as a family. Like, look, but we're going to ride with you. And uh, that's that's what that record was about. Just, like, nothing is more important than the family. We don't care what it is. Like, and we're going to ride with you. And I think having that type of commitment to a group of brothers that's what made that record a movement that people all across the world could feel that. Like, you know, you down with your people when you come. We don't care who else you with, but we down, you know what I'm saying? Always, and honestly, like, verse-wise, if I ever hear Snoop, no one can ever say something so more menacing and so smooth yeah. on the song with that with that brass. Like, what niggas? Them niggas? Yeah. You getting nutty in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that, but, you know, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Master P, man, listen, you coming by here has been um, a benchmark for us on the site. Thank you once again yeah. for coming to Points on the Board. Um, once again, please, you know, make sure that people... Go check out I Got the Hookup Part 2, which comes out July 12th. Yes, sir. And, you know, make sure you catch these sneakers. Again, I want to make sure I say this right. Yeah, Manyadis. Manyadis, make sure you're out here because if you're not, you'll be washed. And, you know, they won't burst on your feet like Nikes. So we'll be good That's with the that. truth. They That's don't. True. Right. They don't. I'm telling y'all, exactly. this is Italian leather. You hear this joint? Italian leather. I only know what part, but it's Italian. So, yeah. Please, guys, listen. Shout out to Master Pete. Once again, brother, thank you for coming to Points yeah. on the Board. Appreciate yes, you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Please remember to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud so you can hear points on the board anywhere you want. And of course, always on the shadowly.com.
You can turn it on the board. Yeah. yeah.